0: my my name is Tony Thaxton like anyone else I love a great album but I also love those strange albums that make you wonder how and why they even exist but 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 I'm not here to make fun of them I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story this is Bizarre Albums Today's episode, Groovy Ghoulies from 1970. (laughs) In 1931, Boris Karloff played the role of the monster in Frankenstein. The same year, Bela Lugosi starred in Dracula. Both of these were released by Universal Pictures, and they would be two of the first of what would become known as the Universal Classic Monster films, the first shared universe in the movie industry. It actually dates back to the silent film era, when Lon Chaney starred as the Phantom in 1925's Phantom of the Opera. Throughout the 1930s, the Universal classic monsters would continue with films like The Bride of Frankenstein, The Mummy, and in 1935, the first werewolf film, Werewolf of London, would be released with Henry Hull as the werewolf. The Universal monster films continued into the 40s and 50s. They would occasionally introduce new monsters like The Creature from the Black Lagoon in 1954, but Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, and The Wolfman seemed to be the big three. And all three would appear together in 1948's Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. What's the matter now? You know that person you said that there's no such person? Yes. I think he's in there, in person. I was reading a sign over here, this one down here. Yeah. Dracula's legend. All of a sudden I heard... <coughs> That's the wind. It should get oiled. When the 60s came around, the Universal classic monsters got a resurgence of popularity thanks to television airings of the old films. And because of this, and perhaps inspired by the Abbott and Costello monster comedy film, Lou Scheimer, one of the founders of the animation company Filmation, wanted to make an animated comedic adaptation for television. You've heard me talk about Filmation on the show before. Filmation was the studio behind The Archie Show. In 1969, the head of children's programming at CBS, Fred Silverman, wanted another show similar to The Archie Show. Filmation then began developing a series for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, a character who had already been appearing occasionally on The Archie Show. CBS had also recently had massive success with the debut of Scooby Doo Where Are You in 1969 and Silverman wanted to take advantage of that. Lou Scheimer was already developing his idea for the monster animated show back in 1968 when he hired a pair of writers from Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, Jack Mendelssohn and Jim Milligan. The development of the show began under the name Monster Inn, and it used the universal classic monster characters. Monster Inn would go through several name changes and eventually transformed into a show called Groovy Ghoulies and Fred Silverman wanted it. The new Sabrina cartoon was already in production, and since Groovy Ghoulies would also feature witches, the decision was made to put Sabrina and the Ghoulies together for a one-hour block on Saturday mornings under the title, Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies. Everybody CBS debuted Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies on September 12, 1970. The one-hour show would feature two 15-minute segments of Sabrina and 30 minutes of Groovy Ghoulies, and the characters would cross over into both shows. The Groovy Ghoulies were a group of hip monsters who lived at a haunted boarding house for monsters called Horrible Hall. While the show featured several monsters like the mummy, a witch named Hagatha, and even a female vampire named Bella la Ghostly, the three main characters would be Drac, Frankie, and Wolfie. Larry Storch, the actor best known for his role as Corporal Randolph Agarn on F Troop, provided the voice of Drac, while Howard Morris from The Andy Griffith Show was the voice of both Frankie and Wolfie. The episodes featured lots of fast-cut sequences, comedy skits, and many, many puns. Hey Frankie, now where can the Loch Ness Monster be found? The Loch Ness Monster is so big, no one's ever lost it. Each episode would also feature two songs. The first one was always by the Groovy Ghoulies themselves, featuring Drak on pipe organ, Wolfie on some sort of stringed instrument, and Frankie on the drums. The second song would serve as the episode's closing number, performed by several different guest groups. This week we dug up a really cool group, the Bare Bones Band. Light music sure gets under your skin. What key do they play in? The skeleton key, what else? Other guest groups had names like the Mummies and the Puppies, the Spirits of 76, and the Rolling Headstones. So following in the footsteps of The Archie Show, a show that featured music so prominently, this would of course get an album release. So in November of 1970, Groovy Ghoulies was released on RCA Victor. Yeah, man! Come back with my guitar! The album begins with a song called Save Your Good Lovin' For Me. It first appeared in the series on episode 12, which was also titled Save Your Good Lovin' For Me, airing on November 28, Ooh, baby baby, save your good loving for me, just me. Ooh, baby, baby, save your good, good loving for me. I've got this feeling about you, and I've got a feeling it's good. Even though the album is just credited to Groovy Goolies. It features songs performed by the various guest groups from the series. Such is the case with Bumble Ghoulie. The Bare Bones Band had performed Bumble Ghoulie on the episode Ghoul School, which had aired a week prior to Save Your Good Lovin' From Me. No matter which fictional band was performing these songs, they basically sounded like they were all being performed by the same people, and that's because they were. Richard Delvey and Ed Fournier, I don't know if it's Fournier or Fournier, but for the rest of this episode, I'm just going to say Fournier, were both from the surf rock band The Challengers. Delvey was also the producer. He'd had big success back in 1963, when he produced the number two single for the surfaris, Wipeout. Wipeout. Fournier and Delvey wrote all ten of the album's songs. And for reasons that I was unable to clear up, they're credited under the aliases Sherry Gayden and Janet Martin. And another strange thing, for some reason the album cover features people in costumes dressed as Drac, Wolfie, and Frankie, with a smaller picture of the more familiar animated versions on a television beside them. That's actually Fournier as Wolfie on the album's cover. Supposedly. There's also sources claiming it's him dressed as Frankie, so let's just go with he is on the cover. But speaking of Frankie, here's a little bit of a song called Frankie. Go so good together is one of the two songs on the album that never appeared on the TV series. It's an interesting move considering that it's a 10 song album and there's over 20 songs that appeared on the show that are not on the album. Oh, we go so good together show's theme song closes out side one titled ghoulie get together a little side note in 1995 rock band the toadies covered the theme song for a compilation album called saturday morning cartoon's greatest hits i'm not going to play the groovy ghoulies version i'm going to give you a little bit of the toadies version Side 2 kicks off with, let me see if I can say this, the first annual semi-formal combination celebration meet the monster population party. The song was even released as a single, with Save Your Good Lovin' For Me as the B-side. It did not chart. semi celebration, Meet the population, party. Oh. Dick Monda is credited as one of the album's associate producers, as well as one of the arrangers and backing vocalists. In 1971, Monda re-recorded and reworked some lyrics to a song that was performed by the Rolling Headstones on the TV series, but did not appear on the album. It was titled, Chicka Boom, Don't You Just Love It?, He released it under the name Daddy Dewdrop, and the song went to number nine on the Billboard pop chart. Spend some time together is the other song on the album that never appeared on the series. But I'm going to move past that one because I will not allow three songs with the word together on one album. So here's a little bit of Kling Clang. Session players on this album included Ron Tut. For years, Tut played drums for Elvis Presley as a member of his backing band, the TCB Band. He also spent some time drumming for the Jerry Garcia Band in the 70s, and after Elvis' death in 1977, Tut started drumming with Neil Diamond. On guitar was Larry Carlton. Carlton has played on hundreds of albums across several genres. His playing on Steely Dan's Kid Charlemagne was ranked number 80 on Rolling Stone's Best Guitar Songs list. Closing out the album is One, Two, Three, a song that the Ghoulies performed on the second episode of the series on September 19th, 1970. There's a game. All hide and seek But never play with ghouls and ghosts Because they always peek They walk through doors, come up through floors And always find you out To let you see just what I mean Just listen to them count Oh, one, two, three That original Groovy Ghoulies TV show only lasted for one season of 16 episodes. But they didn't really disappear. In 1972, they became regulars on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Drack, Frankie, and Wolfie appeared in half of the season's episodes, which would continue until 1974. They also popped up in other shows throughout the following years. They even appeared in a TV movie for ABC in a crossover with Looney Tunes entitled... Daffy Duck and Porky Pig meet the Groovy Ghoulies. I want to watch the Daffy Duck show. He's my favorite. The Groovy Ghoulies have maintained a bit of a cult following over the years. From 1983 to 2007, there was even a Sacramento pop punk band called the Groovy Ghoulies, but with a different spelling. The album had long been an out of print collector's item, but in October of 2020, to celebrate Groovy Gooley's 50th anniversary, Real Gone Music reissued the album, giving it its first ever CD release, as well as a Franken Green vinyl edition, limited to 500 copies. And producer Richard Delvey's career would continue long after this album. He would go on to serve as drummer and musical director for David Cassidy, as well as Tony Orlando and Dawn. In 1973, he would produce another album for a group of fictional cartoon characters, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. But that is for another time.